Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To win the game! He's got it! The Tigers have won by a point! A kick out to the side! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Well, hello, hello, hello. Isn't that a new flashy start? For those that have been our regular listeners, you may have heard a little bit of a difference. If you didn't hear our breaking news, we are now the Insight Fantasy Sport. I'm still your host, Supercoach Hawk, Rob Kennedy, and I'm still here with my co-host and good mate, the big horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, my friend? What do you think about the intro, first and foremost? It's lit, isn't it? I like it. <laughs> but for the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages out there in Australia, New Zealand, and surrounds, even our friends over in America, welcome to the first official AFL podcast of the Insight Fantasy Sports. Um, it is true. We have been getting some recognition, and... Um, just how it is, we've had to change our name and um, and go with it from here. So we're excited about this. Uh, our content won't change. We're still going to give you the best of the best, including, I'm going to brag, Bont VC. I can't say that I didn't tell you so, but the big horse told you so. So, yeah, let's go with this week, mate. What do you reckon? You know what? Like, if for anyone who's watching us on YouTube, uh, click subscribe. If anyone can see that we're very up and about, I'm sure anyone who's listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those wonderful providers, we are definitely up and about. They can hear it in our voice for sure because you and I, we we survived the carnage. And not only survived the carnage, you could actually say that we thrived through the carnage. I went up 20,000 places overall, and I think you were pretty close to doing about the exact same. Am I correct? Yep, spot on, mate. Yep. 
So we did let people know. We said Bont for VC. We said English is still a safe bet for VC. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if he's playing Darcy. A lot of people came out from fantasy and said, um, oh, no one scored more than 75 playing against Sean Darcy. I said, well, they haven't played Tim English yet, so let's be clear there. The other one we talked about was Laird over Dawson, and we said Laird was the way to go. So mm-hmm. you know what? Now and then you've got to blow your trumpet a little bit. We have been bringing the content. The one thing we will say, and what I'm proud of as well, you and I both started horrendous. I had the worst first-round score I've ever had, I think, in my Supercoach history. But I tell you what, I've come up, you've come up. We're both sitting inside, I think, the top 15. I know I'm inside about the top 12%. Now, yep. considering where we started to do that in about six rounds, we have been giving the right content and the right information. And I really hope that continues. And I'm feeling good about it. I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're coming hard. You know, we're, our scores continue to improve and – the content that we're giving out and the research that we're doing on the players, it's its ringing true. So continue to listen in, subscribe, get your mates on board. Here's your nonstop shot for all your AFL super coach needs. Now, before we get into uh, looking at the round ahead, um, talking about, we'll talk about the break-evens, we'll talk about who's hot, who's not, uh, mm-hmm. the moves that you could possibly be making this week. There's a lot of talk about people thinking about using a boost again. Um, I want to announce one thing. I don't get it right every time. I definitely don't. I made a massive rookie error this weekend that nearly backfired. It ended up turning out to be good. I put the VC on uh, Rory Laird, which I got very excited about. I think you and I were glued, and I had many people watching very closely for me. I said, where is Nash going? We both watched it very quickly. I didn't make the VC move until I saw a glimpse of Nash standing right next to Dawson at that first page, at that first Mm -hmm. center bounce. Bang, the change was made. What I didn't look at, though, was all my emergencies had already played. So I couldn't make the loophole move. Every single one had played. So even though I had Constable sitting there for a Gold Coast game where I could have done the flip, you couldn't move a player to the emergency position because it was already used up. So I had to rely on who's now becoming the ever-reliable Nick Dacos. And Mm. by God, what a game he had. What I I don't want to rub in the Dons, and I'm sorry. I just thought about that now. Mm. That was not what this was about. But... He had a cracking last quarter. You got to give him that, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, mate. I actually did. This was this was not (laughs) because for three quarters we actually looked all right, but we we ran out of legs. Laverde going down really hurt us. I thought Draper was good. Phillips was down. He's very much a roller coaster ride when you're talking about not so much super coach because he's he's never really relevant from a a player's point of view or a supporter's point of view. He's quite up and down. I think. It's pleasing to know that we're doing this without merit, uh, without Peter Wright. You know, we are still very young. I know Collingwood had a few um, players out as well, but when you're talking about a structure and a system that can stand up in the heat of a like a finals-type atmosphere, I think we've now got that identity where we can actually play defensive and run and carry the ball quite well. So as long as Scott drops Menzi this week, I'll be happy. Mate, as long as we're, I mean, I love that we're allowed to talk a bit of footy and I'm sure we've got genuine footy listeners out there not always having to be that fantasy approach and that super coach approach. But from a football perspective, it really does show um, that a coaching change can make a difference. So if you look at St Kilda and you look at Essendon, two sides, which I still say list-wise are solid, solid lists. St Kilda's still got hindered by massive injuries and Essendon, solid list. But it just shows that a change at the top can truly make a difference. Without a doubt, yep. But we dive 
in. We dive in now to the round seven that's coming up. We're going to start looking at some of the rounds, what we think. We'll touch on a little bit of the performances of last week and go from there. So speaking of St Kilda, we start with St Kilda that kick it off against Port Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. What are you kind of seeing? Um, Steele was back last week and he, he sort of obviously back from injury. He didn't have quite a quite the performance he would want. Who's what's what's standing out for you in let's start with St Kilda? What's standing out for you in St Kilda land? Uh, I think it's going to be a very defensive heavy type of game. So St Kilda like to lock it down, press players back into their their back fifty. I watched them against Carlton and I've been watching them a little bit this year, given that you know they've got the wins on the board, but it's not really that attractive type of footy. They're very defensive. They get 18 men behind the centre circle, you know, and then they look to run and carry forward. And, like, it's working now, but Ross Lyon's done this in the past and it's failed in finals. So for St Kilda supporters, I hope it works out because it's always good to see an underdog do well. But, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sold on it yet. So when we're talking about uh, the St Kilda team, Sinclair just over 100 again. Owens, 114. He's having a cracking year. Same with Wood, 97. Everyone else, you know, Marshall, 88. He should have done a lot more, especially from a super coach point of view when you're talking about going up against Pitnet, who's really a second-rate Ruckman. Uh, one that I'm actually looking at bringing in from Carlton's team, and we'll touch on it later, is Sam Walsh. Jeez, he looks good at the moment. He's a gun. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a bona fide yeah. gun. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about Port Adelaide, mate, Rosie was great last week. What did he get? 126. But then yep. you look at the other ones that scored quite well. Willem Drew, 134. Finlayson, 125. Burn Jones, 107. I don't think that these types of players score well against St Kilda. I think you'll find that whoever plays against St Kilda, your higher scorers are either your absolute gun inside midfielders or your run and carry back six type of players or intercept players in the back line because they play such a, a, a sort of saggy press and they allow the opposition back line to get a lot of the ball. So if we're looking at Port Adelaide, who plays down there? McKenzie, Burton, Alir Alir might get a lot of the ball this week. Probably looking at those players to to crack the ton. If uh, your mate Tickle gets named again over Lysette, mm-hmm. where do you sit with a Rowan Marshall at the moment of getting a VC? Um, or have you just lost all confidence in him at the moment to put up that big score? Yeah, Marshall's lost me now. It's interesting, and, isn't it? It's it's yeah. he's up and down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just not doing it for me now. So he's he's there as a ruckman, um, but when we're talking about a potential VC option, and with the options I have in Bontempelli and Dacos and these sorts of players, that it's just not worth the risk now. So I do want to bring up one player here before we do move on. Ollie Wines, he's at four hundred eleven thousand. He's got a high break even. He's going to go into the high 300s next week, I believe. Might be nearly time to snaffle him. I, like, again, I get the point. Like, I get it. It's Ollie Wines, and that's a ridiculous price. But his mm-hmm. scores are just absolutely horrendous. They're, he they're started, shocking. He started seeing a bit more of it last week. He scored, what, mid-80s? Yep. He's starting to come around. Yep. Mate, I've been I love three. it. Mate, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be stoked in you if you go and make this pick and it just goes absolutely ballistic. And you've been, you said it in preseason. You literally said it. When I, I think I can remember the show exactly. It was when we were talking about the people are sleeping on him and he was one of our sleepers. And you've just said, I will be picking him mid round, mid season because he'll start horrendous and then he'll come good. 
Mm-hmm. Mate, if that happens, like that's unbelievable. I will, I will, I will send you a standard squeeze pack. <laughs> Can I just say something? A big shout out to the standard squeeze. We always do it every time. I learned something today about the standard squeeze. I've got a feeling. Did did we post a video, or did our great producers post a video of him making like the the drink of the week or something? Did I see that? Was that him? Yeah. Does he? Un- yes. Is that the owner? Yes. I've just realised. I've been doing it the hard way, getting the getting the liquid into the smaller chamber. You just have to take the top lid off and hold it. Mm-hmm. That's what it like, mate. It's a game changer. I've got my drink right here. I'm like, I'm doing the like, I'm doing like the five pump squeeze kind of thing, which to be honest, was still pretty easy. And then I've just watched his videos, taking the little lid off and just going, and he's just holding it. I'm just watching it like, I'm like, God, Rob, be better. So shout out yeah. even more to the standard squeeze. Their product is even better than I thought it was. Still the four-in-one cup. Love it. And Love it. While, while you're on it, Insight15 now as the promo code. If mm. you go onto the standard squeeze website and put in Insight15, you will get 15% off all products that they are associated with the standard squeeze. We move on. Uh, Brisbane have got Fremantle. What an absolute rabble Fremantle are at the moment. I've got my inside man there at Fremantle, and he is more than happy to be getting on a plane and going to a wedding overseas. I can tell you that. So anyone who's listening from Fremantle probably knows exactly who I'm talking about my inside man is now. But, um, yeah, what is going on in the purple? I like that Sean Darcy's come good. I like that Caleb Sarong's having a breakout year. Luke Ryan's okay, but here's something I'm going to throw out now that uh, we discussed a little bit in our forum today. Nate Fife, Justin Longmuir has come out and said, Nate Fife is going to play more midfield time. He has He has to. He has to. So is that going to affect oh, – actually, I'm not going to say is it going to affect because it will affect Caleb Sarong because that's Caleb Sarong's role at the moment as an inside mid. How much is it going to affect Caleb Strong, and is it, or how much is it going to affect his scoring? Surely they're looking at Nate Fife, though. So, what's the biggest issue with Nat Fife at the moment? It's his shoulders. Okay, mm-hmm. so surely they're looking at somebody like a Jordan Dawson type more role rather than like a Bonton Pally type role. He can't be that inside bull. I reckon he's nearly out the back a little bit more for the handball, but can be a bigger body on somebody who's in there. So he might take a bigger body. Like, you, look, we talked. You talked about Bontempelli and them not having somebody to play on him. If at least mm-hmm. he's the body on Bontempelli in that center break, and then maybe drops out the back and just has a bit more class, I don't think it might affect him. And I really heard a great thing on the radio today. Fremantle need that. A lot of people have been talking about how Fremantle have just been worrying about the player rather than actually taking advantage of having like Sean Darcy and someone actually being the like go-to guy that they're tapping to. I reckon that needs to start being Caleb Sarong. Caleb Sarong needs to hit that pack hard and be mm-hmm. the one that they start tapping to. So will it affect him? I mean, it could, but I still think you look at your your, your teams that have elite midfielders who still spread the points. You know, when you've got a, a Tom Green, a Canelio, and a Kelly, still find the way to score. When mm-hmm. you've got a... Um, you know, a Dunkley, a Neil, a McCluggage, Lions, whoever else is in there, you know, Ashcroft, they're still finding a way to divide the points. So I still think Sarong now takes the mantle, but maybe five becomes out the back. But do you take the chance? I mean, look at Elliot Yo coming straight back in, does his groin, another seven weeks, see you later. No, no not taking a chance. I think no. too many people are making the decisions one week in now, like I could understand the the Sin Cotter, people just go and bugger at 102, let's get him in. And he actually scored quite well. 
for me at the moment, Rich, unless I'm getting those guaranteed coins and I feel confident about them, I'm not making the call early. Regardless of how well he plays, I still won't bring him in just given his injury history. I don't think I don't think so either. I don't think so either. So I think Brisbane win this one comfortably. I think you could mm-hmm. Neil always has a cracker against Fremantle when they get back and play again. So there's a strong VC option there, even though uh, our mate Trent's put the put the curse back on on Neil. He did the old in and out. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, think I think he's dead with him. Um, uh, Dunkley's one. Where where do you sit with Dunkley at the moment, mate? And how the way he's playing? Nah, just happy with him being on field and getting his hundreds to 120s. He hasn't really gone bananas yet. So, and until he does, he will just be that you know my F1, F2 option, and happy to keep accumulating points through him. Yeah, it's hard not to look at someone for Brisbane at the VC like a Neil at the Gabba um, could be a, could be a good option, especially if those who have Madden and using Madden as the loophole. Uh, mm-hmm. they're the next game. So you've probably got to start looking at that Friday or Saturday game. Actually, you've got to be very careful. You've nearly only got the Friday option. The two Saturday games are right next to each other. So You're gonna those have that have Madden, you've nearly got to pick someone from Saturday, from uh, Friday night's game. So mm-hmm. just, to, just to give everyone a look at that. Uh, yeah, just a quick shout out to Charlie Cameron. Did he mean it? <laughs> Did he that, mean that it? That was phenomenal. Yeah. That'll win goal of the year for sure. He's a he's, he's a gun. I like seeing Charlie Cameron up and about. I'm not going to lie. I really like watching him. There's there's mm. certain small forwards that I love love watching. Uh, Charlie Cameron's one of them. Tom Papley's another. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've been a huge Luke Bruce fan. Uh, but there's certain small forwards that you just you just love watching, and he's he's one of them. He makes fast Mate, people I, look slow. Yeah. What's that? He makes fast people look slow. Oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable. Um, any major talking points from that? I'm just gonna. I'm trying to have a look at. We'll we'll go over the break even specifically in a little bit, yeah. but we'll go we'll go through just the games. Wagner, we'll I guess. Yeah, Wagner. Wagner's, so Wagner's, Wagner's sitting at a minus thirty six, mate. Yeah. Again, look. I mean, this. I'm not gonna lie. Maybe we have to title this round or this this podcast the blow our trumpet round. But, mate, you said it, and I was unsure about it, which was. Wagner got a lot of the footy in his first game. I'll quote you. Um, he just was not effective with his kick, but he looked a lot better. He looked a yep. lot better. You could have a lot more confidence in him, I think, after that performance he put out there, mate. So again, um, you're pretty spot on there. He looks like he could have a he could have a pay rise of about um, what have they got him projected for 61, which gives him a pay rise of uh, 43,000. That's hard not to look at. I mm-hmm. actually think I'm going to do two. We'll get into it, but I actually think I'm going to do two downgrades again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and not use my boost and then just worry about going up um, after that, really start to project after. Good idea. Um, so we move on. Who's next? We've got uh, Sydney versus GWS. Now, does Sydney have a Geelong hoodoo or does Sydney just have a Geelong's just so great at GMHBA that it was all about that? Because that was, uh, I mean, interesting performance. What, what's your take on Mills having to play on Hawkins? I've got Hawkins. I'm putting me money where my mouth is. So as soon as I saw that matchup, I'm like, you ripper. We're going to have a good play here. But, yeah, Sydney flooded back, and they sort of just stemmed the bleeding, I guess, from almost the end of the first quarter through the end. They sort of knew they were fighting a, a um, an uphill battle. Um, yeah. Mills is another one I'll probably look at getting in within the next month. He's dropped 100,000 nearly. He's, what, mid-550s now. Started at 635. Um yeah, Goulden, he's he's having a bit of a rough patch at the moment. He is a good footballer, but we said it in the preseason that that 180, it won't be repeated. And so far, it's it's come through and even to the point where he's struggling to get a bit of the pill at the moment. 
I'm not saying drop him if you've got him, but nah. if you don't have him and you need to bring in a probably a top 10 small forward by the end of the year, then I think you could get him for your annual 440, 430 in a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, GWS, uh, Tom Green back this week for all of you that held him. Good work. I think he's going to come back fresh. Uh, Josh Kelly, I think, will be back into scoring more like the pig that he is. Did you hold Canelio? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, people, people were right. I knew that was the right move. I just think I was getting I was getting so frustrated him going backwards. He still goes backwards yeah. sometimes. But when somebody's at least getting the pill and it's the algorithm that isn't quite working for you, sometimes you just got to trust in it, I think. Yeah. that I'd rather see – I think you, the, the best example I can use the other way around was Horn Francis. Horn Francis was actually putting up some reasonable scores, but he actually wasn't getting that much of the footy and he was kind of right. just doing it in these little clumps. So, yeah. and that's who the, the decision was between Horn Francis or like a Canelio. And for me, it's yeah. like, look, he's getting a pill, just hopefully he becomes a little bit more efficient the way that he uses it. And look, I think yeah. he's got a clear role there and I'm, I'm pretty happy to keep holding him now. So, to everybody else, thank you. I, I did have a rag on people for that one more bad week, but he's, um, he's starting to come good. There are two that I want to bring up. Um, yeah, I've got Nick. I've got Nick Haynes. Um, yep, bought him in when he was nice and cheap, and now he's risen fifty k in two weeks. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yep. Um, but with Sam Taylor going down with a long term hamstring hamstring injury, it almost looks like it may be season for him. It'll be twelve to fourteen weeks. It's a hamstring tendon, from what I've heard. Harry Himmelberg, if he goes back, pick him up next week. He is yep. unbelievable as an intercept defender. And Nick Haynes and Himmelberg work really well off each other. I know they've got Buckley down there now. If Himmelberg goes back, like I'll almost have to trade out Haynes for Himmelberg because he, he just scores so, so well down there. Like he was pumping out 150s at one stage last year. But if yeah. Himmelberg stays forward because they do need that forward option, look at bringing in Haynes because last week, as soon as Taylor went off, he went through the roof. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him because am I right? I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying Himmelberg's a free agent as well, and there's a lot of clubs circling to get him there's, and put him there's down. There's a back. lot of talk. Gold Coast, yeah, and and Collingwood was the other. Oh, who was it? Not Collingwood. Um, yeah, a lot of talk about whoever can get him. That's right. They were just saying, look what Jeremy Howe did, going from a forward to a back. The intercept yeah. marketing. He's got that ability. So it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's a great chat. You have to watch what he does and and go from there. The only the only worry I have with is I still think they'll flip-flop him, and that's a concern. If you yeah. knew he's going to be back there, he scores. But I don't have that confidence he's going to be there, and I think there's enough backs. But, look, that might be one of those ones worth taking a risk, and I think you're spot on. We all know that he gets those scores, so definitely watch this space. There you yeah. go, Matty O'Brien. Haven't said it for a while. You're welcome. There it is. Uh, <laughs> um, we move on, mate. Where are we up to? Western Bulldogs versus my Hawks, who... Did get a lot of messages after the game versus Adelaide. Look, I'm okay with it. The only disappointing thing for me was I hope it doesn't ruin their morale. They've got to start believing that they can win those sort of games, but we're still in the contest for that number one draft pick. And, yeah, if we weren't in that race, it would have hurt a lot more. But, look, it's good to see the boys up and about. It's good to see some of the young players playing really well. And Will Day comes back this week. So for everyone who held on, I am one of them. Um, Looking forward for him coming back in the side. Um, Good hold, much needed one, especially with I have uh, Liberatore, so Liberatore is going to have to go to the bench, so feel a bit of a void there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Bulldogs, I mean, is it hard for you to go past Bontempelli in his 200th? 
if you can stick the VC on him or the captain, it's pretty hard to look past um, Bontempelli. It's also pretty hard to look past Tim English again playing this game against a, a very young Ned Reeves. Yeah, I don't have English, so it's Bontempelli for me. We saw last week what Bontempelli did against a smaller midfield, you know, <clears throat> with the likes of Sarong, Brayshaw, Walters, at Frio, he just carved him up. He was too big. Like, he had 10 tackles. He had 20-something touches, two goals. Hawthorne have Warple, Newcomb, Ward, McKenzie. They're all – they're not They're not tall. They're not tall. Liberatore's out. What so, about the unicorn killer? The unicorn killer. Who's who's she? Connor Nash. Jordan Dawson got 75 on the weekend. Cool. I hope he, I hope he goes to Bond and then Bond goes forward. <laughs> If if he plays on if he plays on Bond, Bond will go forward and kick five. You've heard it here first. <laughs> mate, Jordan Dawson just got shut the F down. He did. Mate. I tell you what, I, I, one thing I will say, and this is this is the seven <laughs> sorry, I still love it, mate. When you do stuff like that, these are the kind of moments where if I happen to listen back to our podcast like on Spotify we'll start, as I'm driving, yeah. I actually start chuckling as well. Just like how quickly, like I make this comment that I think is brilliant, and you're just like Shit. I can already picture myself listening to it in the car and having a chuckle. Very well played. Yeah. Um, what I will say, and this is the Sam Mitchell effect, Connor Nash yeah. was one of my most like, I just don't understand why he was getting a game. He was playing mm-hmm. forward. They tried him back. They did all these things. He went back to the VFL. And when Sam Mitchell was coaching the VFL team, the Box Hill Hawks, Mm. And and he put him in the midfield and he just started racking up disposals, racking up disposals. And when they started to do the Sam Mitchell Clarko was going to happen, they had made the announcement that it was going to change. Connor Nash came back into the side. I tell you what, his kick still sucks, but he's getting his hands on the footy. He's been a bit of a revolution in that midfield. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Hawks game on the weekend? Yeah. Yep. It Did you good. see his tackle? He was good. He is. He is so strong. Look, I don't think he's super coach relevant or anything yet. He might become fantasy relevant um, mm-hmm. and get his hands on the pill a bit more. But good on him for the way that he's turned his career around. And well done, Sam Mitchell, for identifying that he had a, has a role still to play. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them play Connor Nash as a Blickvass that can play midfield and also be the second ruck. We keep trying to play Lloyd Meek. We keep trying to play... Um, you know, Max Lynch and stuff like that. These guys can't go forward or anything like that anyway. Just give Connor Nash, just give him the second ruck job. Do like an Alex Johnson kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's hard to go past Bond. Sorry, I, I digress away from where we were there. Yeah. Um, who who else goes in now for Libba? Who sort of picks up a bit of time? I think Bond gets more midfield time now. Okay. Yep. Um, but then when we're talking about a Hawthorne side and who I'm looking to bring in from the Hawthorne point of view... Seaman Mitchell. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. I did, I did like how you gave him that nickname. It was a pretty standard yeah. one. Yeah, no, yeah. Seamus. I mean, a few of the boys are using it now, so we're, we're sticking with it. It's pretty hard to not see Seamus get into like – 100% of active teams right now. Like, and I say 100% of active teams because there's everybody's deleted the app and all that kind of stuff now. But um, with his break even, um, I think it's sitting on minus 75. I mean, they've only given him a projected score of 43. He's doing slightly better than that. He's already averaging 73. Even with a 43, he's still to go up 53 and a half thousand. Um, defensive forward where now people who have Sheasel and Zebel, you can sort of do that flip-flop around. Um, yeah, if he's not into 100% of active teams right now, um, yeah, they should just delete app because mm-hmm. I think it just makes sense. Look, he'll get rested at some point. They'll do some different things, but it's too hard not to take that price. Um, I, I, like, sure. I, like, I like that you brought that up. He will get rested, but he will play six or seen games in a row. He'll, yep. make you, he'll make you your money, and then by the time he's ready to be rested – You've got your bank there ready to move on. So I'll ask you the question then. For most people, I know a lot of people out there sort of have a bit of a different setup, but I'm going to assume, mm-hmm. let's let's assume the, the regulars are in there. So let's go with like, and if you know of anyone I've missed, tell me. McKenna, Gimby, Cowan, Wilmont, Constable. Who, who, are you, who, who are you looking to drop? Like what does that look like for you to bring in Seamus? I'm getting pretty frustrated with Wilmot at the yeah. moment. And I think Gimby's towards the end of his time. Like he's a good player, but he's been asked to do too much by West Coast. And they're clearly just trying to manage him through now. Yep. So um, Gimby will be on the out for me this week. He's he's going to start bleeding money now, unfortunately. Um, Filippo is frustrating because he gets a lot of the ball but doesn't score super coach points. Yep. So... I am going to hold him this week because he's got a break even of 18, but I anticipate in the coming weeks that he'll be on the way out. Yep. And Cowan, I'm going to use just on my bench in case someone misses. So I see Sard's a test for this week and may potentially play. So if Sard plays, awesome. Cowan will just sit on my bench. But if he doesn't play, then I've still got that covering. Um, so out of them all, so be aware. So Jimby's got a 53 break even. McKenna's jumped up to 62 as his break even. Wilmont, yep. again, he frustrates me. I think he's the one that's going to go for me, even though he's got the DPP. He's mm-hmm. also got the break even of 38. But if I keep Jimby or someone like that, I know I can do the move if Constable comes available and things like that as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see your point. I think it's a really good point about Jinby. I think he's going to start dropping soon. He frustrates me a lot less than Wilmot, though. Wilmot, Wilmot frustrates me a lot, and I think he might have to be my one that that makes a move for me this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. All right, we move on. Good luck to Bont in his 200th as well. What an absolute mm-hmm. superstar. Uh, Melbourne V, we were the pretenders to start the season, North Melbourne. And yes, I have that to fish out for a few little comments. Yeah. Let's see who's going to nah, buy it. Look, no, but look, I, I was one of them. I was one of them. We asked the question in the pod. We we're like, look, you know, the Mel, the who was it? St Kilda, Essendon or North Melbourne? Who are you kind of taking? We were still throwing up that conversation then of who's going to mm. stay in the eight and things like that. 
and it wasn't a definite that North were going to drop. They were looking really good, but they're mm. starting to get a bit spanked now. They're starting to get a bit noticed. Yeah. What's your thought? Yeah, yeah, Melbourne by 10 goals. Unfortunately, like I, I love those Roo boys. You know it. I go into bat for them a lot, but I, I love them too. I love them too. I love them too. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be well out of their depth with, like Goldstein might be able to hold his own against one of Gorn and Grundy, but not both. Um, their ability to not kick a winning score or a high score versus a forward line um, as potent as Melbourne's, yeah, I think they're going to struggle. Yeah, so they've got Miller Bergman. Uh, minus 15 break even at 165k. They got Aiden Bonner, he's got a minus four at 203k. I don't think I'm touching any of them. I don't mind that Bergman, he goes all right, but yeah, I think they're too reliant on their superstars and they're not really doing too great at the moment. There's a lot of chat for people to be pretty happy to see Mackay go and maybe take a top 10 supplementary yeah. pick for that one as well. Yeah. Um, Surely Carlton, surely Carlton don't go after Mackay. Why would you want two injury-prone Mackay brothers and spend too they, much coin? Yeah, I hope they do. <laughs> well, in a, in a, I hope they like burn. <laughs> yeah, does something. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> but um, I mean, anytime, you're, you're, anytime, you're you're doing that for newspaper headlines. You're doing that for newspaper headlines. Look yeah, at yeah. look at yeah. look at Richmond right now. Let's use them as an example. So Robbie Tarrant can't get himself fit, and Tom Lynch is out at the moment. Look mm-hmm. at what that's doing to that side. You can't have your two linchpins at each end, no pun intended, um, yep. not working. And so if you've got two injury-prone guys, why would you do it? Two things out of that. Um, Carlton's inability to kick a winning score at the moment is their issue. It's not their back line because Jacob Wiedering, Nick Newman, they're doing a good job down there. I rate them, absolutely. Um, and the next thing is whenever Aiden Bonner gets brought up on this show again, he's called the boner. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. So... so- Seaman, Seaman Mitchell and Aiden Boner. Seaman Mitchell and the Boner. I apologize. I'll leave the jokes to you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, Melbourne, Melbourne's looking good. Uh, Clayton Oliver obviously had a little bit of a little bit of a quieter one again. He came strong again in the in the last quarter. Um, Petrarca was up and about. These are the types of games where I can see Petrarca going nuts. Going bonkers. Uh, what was your take? Now, there's a lot of people. A lot of people questioning who they do of their upgrades this week. And a lot of them are questioning whether they make the Grundy move now or they do it later. Grundy has to be your move right now, doesn't it? If you've got Grundy, you now you have to prioritize that change. If anyone is listening here, you can't now keep him. We already told you back in the day that, cool, if you want to make the move and go from Gorn to Grundy, Grundy's going to come in, he's going to score the points. But you have to be prepared. You're doing that knowing that Gorn is coming back and you have to make the move. Do not hold on to him any longer. If you can make that direct swap between Grundy and Gorn, I'd do that. Yep. I think I think Gorn's going to have a huge week this week. Man, he's good. You forget how good he is. Like you know he's good, but he comes straight back in and he just it's like he hasn't missed any footy. He's he's yeah. a he's such a good player and he looks he looks even better up forward. Like he's really learnt that forward mm-hmm. craft better now. He leads. His kick looks unconventional, but it comes off all right sometimes too. And so, uh, the Roo boy, uh, Jacob Van Ruin, went from 18 at the start cool. of the last quarter to 80. After what a story. Yeah. There's no, I, mean, I mean, there's no doubt you've heard the press conference, and I know all our listeners mm. have, so I won't dwell on it too much. But just in case you hadn't, he was going to get subbed. He would have been on about 18 points at the time that he was going to get subbed. Probably maybe not get picked the next week. And then he takes a mark, goes back, kicks the goals, and Simon Goodwin's like, all right, young fella, you're away now. 
and kept him in. And then his score just jumped up to 84 and he's probably bought himself another five weeks. So, you know, players, are, I hate to say it, but like, players like Tom Mitch, uh, Tom McDonald and uh, and Ben Brown must have been just sitting there going, damn it. Like, damn yeah. it. We want, to, we want to get back in the side. But, yeah, uh, good on yeah. him. For my super coach team, I love it. I had him on field. <laughs> I must admit, I don't have him, so I'm like, no, oh, I could have taken that. That would have been all right. Yeah. yeah. The footy purist in me, though, goes good on you, young fella. And he's a young West Australian boy, so good on you, mate. Yeah, okay. We move on. West Coast V, the team that we were just talking about, Carlton. Um, I mean, West Coast, still, it's still impressive that they're paying four bucks. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Um, I know it's out here at Optus, but they're in complete disarray at the moment with injuries. Their waffle side are getting smashed by over 150 points in matches at the moment. My phone is ringing off the hook, asking me to come down and have a run. I've said, "Come on, Adam, it's it's I'm done, mate. It's okay, um, mate. They, they surely can't have to come out and smash them. Surely. I don't, I don't have a missed call yet. Pretty disappointed, Adam. <laughs> mate, I did give him your number. I passed it no. up. He, he must know that not to get my ambitions and my abilities mixed up. He knows he knows not to call you because you're a chance to steal his job in the box, mate. That's oh, why. Not a chance, mate. <laughs> um, if Sam Walsh doesn't have 40 touches this week, like it, it's just not right. That man is one of the best people at just finding the ball and his gut running is awesome. And I wish I had the money to get him in, but I just don't think I have. And I made a call early on that I thought that his price would drop because of his back surgery, but he's been an exception to the rule. He's come back and just slotted in seamlessly. So Carlton to win by plus eight goals, Walsh to have 40-plus touches. And I reckon this is a game where Cripps, uh, Hewitt, these sorts of guys play themselves back into a bit of form. And, yeah, Charlie and Harry could be in for a field day. Mate, Cripps was great last week. Cripps was good. I think he's starting mm. to find that Cripps that we know. I think it was interesting, the game in Adelaide. Cripps had a 130 for me. The thing I love about owning Cripps in my team is I don't have to really think about the VC or the C on him. His score is just good enough in itself because no one mm. else has him. Sometimes it's really nice to have those DP players that you don't have to take the risk of maybe putting a VC or a captain on him. You just If he gets 130, you're like... That's 130 that no one else has. When I'm looking at my head-to-head leagues, he's always in the unique player. Like it's very rare that it's not there, which which is kind of fun because you know he can just explode like that. He loves coming back and playing in WA, so I wouldn't be shocked to see him have an absolute rip snorter again um, and snare a couple of goals. So, look, Tim Kelly seems to find a way to keep scoring. It was good to see Bailey Williams have a good score because he's been getting ripped into a lot. But, look, they weren't playing against anybody. Or I think it was T- – who are they playing? They're playing Port. So, Tika was having his first game. Um, but, look, um, I don't like seeing anybody lose their job or their career. So, it was good to see him sort of bounce back and have a bit of a game. I think he even got named in – I think he even got named in um, – what's his name? Campbell Brown's best round team. I went, slow down, mate. Yeah. Turn it up. Let's not get too carried away here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not too much more to talk about in that game. We'll move on to your Bombers, mate. Their Bombers have got a tough one this week against Geelong at the MCG. How do you see this one going? And I think we need to talk a little bit about Setterfield. Where does he sit with you, mate? Yeah, uh, before we start talking about the Essendon Geelong game, I want to give a little shout-out to a young fella, young 15-year-old by the name of Tate Givinazzo from the Trialgan area. He's an avid follower of this show, so Tate... And your old mate, Jimmy. G'day, boys. Thanks for listening in. Uh, yeah. With this game specifically, though, I think it's going to be close again. I think Essendon, they just fell away a little bit last week against Collingwood. 
and Collingwood are a top two, top four side, and so are Geelong. So <clears throat> I know historically we don't play well against Geelong, but I think now that we've got some structure down there, I think it's going to be closer. Uh, do I think we're going to win? Probably not, but it's not going to be a blowout as it has been in previous years. With Setterfield, uh, what's his break even, mate? Because I reckon it might be time to move on from him. Uh, let me have a quick look. It is 88. So it's not yeah. too crazy. It's not too it's crazy. It's not too crazy, but I don't think you're going to make any money out of him. I think no. your, your average 90 score is probably what you're going to get out of him. You've got Merritt coming back this week. Um, yeah, I just – yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they drop Menzi. He was bloody ordinary last week. He frustrated me a lot watching the game. Um, and from a Geelong point of view, I've got Hawkins. So the Geelong uh, combination of Hawkins and Cameron down there will be lethal, especially without Laverde this week, who's probably our biggest body defender. So they're going to have to work out some sort of group combination to tackle those big guns. Uh, Dangerfield's back to his best too. A nice little pod pick for those that have had him from the start. Uh, Maxie Holmes is coming on nicely as well. Uh, Tommy Stewart from Geelong, I anticipate to have a huge game this week, given uh, watching Essendon last week and the way they were bombing the ball into the 50. He, he could be a nearly a sneaky VC slash C if you're willing to be patient or if you're looking to put the C on uh, Dacos at the end of the round. Yeah, if I do two downgrades this week, which I think I'm going to do, Setterfield will be my player that I upgrade, I think, to a primo, whether it be mm-hmm. Bont. Bont or Clary will be who I'm looking to get in and uh, and upgrade Setterfield hopefully in hopefully in two weeks' time, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Injury pending. Um, we move on to Richmond v. the Gold Coast Suns. Played at Marvel, uh, one of Richmond's Marvel games. It does make a little bit of a difference. Taranto up and about, scoring some big scores again. Uh, he had a, a 144. They took it to Melbourne uh, to start mm-hmm. that game. It was good to see Richmond up and about make that game a, uh, a big game, which was good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely this is the week Constable comes back in for Gold Coast um, and everybody's been hanging on to that one for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, any big any big takeaways for you, mate, when it comes to, to Richmond and the Gold Coast Suns? Yeah, uh, if you've held on a hopper, good work. I think you'll score well again this week. When we're talking about a game point of view, though, Richmond don't play well at Marvel. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was really close or Gold Coast found a way to sneak home in this one. So uh, when you're looking about players, Jaden Short played well last week, which now I guess makes Daniel Rioli a little bit irrelevant now that you've got Baker, Short and Rioli as they're running backs. Uh, for Gold Coast, it'd be interesting to see who takes over Miller's role inside, whether it's Real or whether it's Anderson, because that's that's a big point scorer, especially with Wits against Samson Ryan. That could be a, one of the big factors this week. Um, yeah, go on. Sorry, I think there's been I think there's been a lot of talk about Fiorini getting back in that midfield. Now we talked about it. I think you brought up uh, yeah. Darcy McPherson not long ago, and I talked about Fiorini and the seasons that he had a couple of years ago, which were massive. Um, He's got the ability to score well. I still think Rao and Anderson will be the ones to get their hands on the footy a lot. Um, the interesting one, and you mentioned it, is you know Liam Baker was the first one that they decided to swing forward when the time mm-hmm. came against Melbourne. So when they needed some scores, Baker was the first one that they grabbed out of that back line. Uh, a lot of people talked about Short now having a lot more back line play, which makes a lot more sense. I don't know why he was ever up forward. Um, mm-hmm. So he's one that you could really look at. 
he's he's a great player down back. Loves to get his hands on the footy. Yeah, does that sort of Jack Zebel type role back there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, one to have a look at if you wanted to have a little bit of a punt on somebody stepping up and getting those big scores. Mm-hmm. But Hopper again, mate, we talked about in the last pod, we talked about Snap Fitness as one of our sponsors. Talking about fitness and can't being able to run out of game. Hopper again comes out with another massive like – 37, nearly 40 points in the first quarter, but then only ends up with like a 90. I think he was about 66 at half time. He just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's an interesting one. I, and I wonder why he plateaus out. But I don't know. Have you noticed anything? I, I, I'm going to hold him. He's that player that I'm still going to hold for a while. He's one that could nearly see out the whole season and, and maybe move. Because I don't think many teams are going to be able to fill a whole primo team this year. No. Um, but he's one that might look to hold. But he does disappoint me. He hasn't really had that bang out game that he finishes the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing you. I don't have him, so, yeah, not really that concerned with him. Fair enough. We move on. Uh, Adelaide v Collingwood is the last game. Collingwood, again, coming from the trenches, dare I say, in the Anzac game, Mm. uh, to come back and win against your boys. They have to travel to Adelaide and play Collingwood, uh, play the Crows, I mean. Adelaide are now playing their sixth game in seven rounds at the Adelaide Oval, and they play that ground well. How do you see this game playing out? And, uh, mate, a lot of super coach pig scorers in this game too. Yeah. Wow. So you'll have Dacos, Dawson, Laird. Like the list just goes on, doesn't it? It does. Um, Riley O'Brien could have a big week this week against his ex-teammate and Billy Frampton. Adelaide played this ground really, really well. We saw what they did to Carlton. I think Adelaide's a big chance here. Um, you know, Collingwood on the there'll be what a six day break, and Adelaide's had a ten day break, so they'll be fresher. I'll be I'll be tipping Adelaide, but I expect again Adelaide won't tag Nick Dacos. Teams have been playing that sort of back press sort of thing, which allows your your back flankers and your back pockets, your running defenders to get a lot of the ball. So I think he's going to be in for another field day possessions wise, and probably Brownlow votes wise again. But moving forward, yeah, I think Adelaide will be too much. I think what will be interesting about this one will be Adelaide's small forwards are very attacking small forwards. Your Rochelle's, your Rankins, really and things like hard. that. Yeah. So although they might not tag, what will be interesting will be will uh, Collingwood's you know team defence be put under pressure and therefore he has to be a little bit more accountable to somebody down there, which will be interesting to see because that's what they're talking about with the tag not working is his work rate is just so elite um, that if you don't attack him the other way, you're not making him be accountable. But he's a really interesting one. And I know, um, who was it? Tom Brown. Tom Brown. Tom. It'll come to me, the Channel 7 guy. Um, he came out and started talking about, you know, best, best players after 31 games and things like that. You know, Three-quarter time, he had 33 disposals or 30 disposals and three of the, only three of them were contested, mm-hmm. you know, and then he blows up. I think I made a comment in our Molten chat uh, with the boys and then, of course, I said, well, he shouldn't be getting the Brownlow votes at the moment with the game he's playing. Now, he finished the game off with two more goals and, and one, you know, pretty much won the game. So, he's going to get the three votes for sure. But I think some teams are okay with letting him run, but... Yeah, mate, there's some big scorers in this game, and I reckon it could be an interesting one to see. People are going to look at their VC scores this week and go, do I take the risk? Is it Dawson? Is it Laird? Is it is it Dacos in the last game? And it could be really interesting that some people just go, or some people go, straight down. Mm-hmm. 
um, based yeah. off this last game. Collingwood were not good against St Kilda at the Adelaide Oval when I watched them at Gather Round. They weren't no. impressive. So I think this could be a ripper game, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, we dive into um, – let's talk about the BEs um, and talk about the moves and then we'll wrap this podcast up for everyone. Mm-hmm. So we've touched on a few already. Your man, Seaman Mitchell, sitting there at minus 75. In or out? In. Who are you dropping? At this stage, it's Wilmot. For me, it's Wilmot as well, and he's coming in. Charlie Constable, you still got him? Yes. Does he and get word that, I'm trying to find it now, but there is word he may play this week. He's got to. Doesn't have a few. He's got to. Corey Wagner, have you got him in or out, or have you are you bringing him in? Uh, no, because I'm not going to boost this week. So I'm bringing in Will Day. Ooh, who are you bringing Will Day in for? Uh, I still had 200 and something thousand in the bank. So I am dropping Ginby for Will Day. Hold that. I'm not sure. Wagner is definitely one. I'm looking at a few of these break-evens, and I've got to work out. I've only sort of just decided today or tonight that mm-hmm. I want to do two downgrades. So Wagner's definitely one that I'll look at. Uh, Xavier or Halloran's the other one at minus 28, um, sitting at 202K. So I think he's a bit too high for me to, to sort of want to bring in. Sam Sturt is a minus 28. Uh, Ned Moyle still at minus 28, won't get picked. Matt Roberts, I've already got in at minus 27. Ned Long's the other Hawthorne one at minus 23. Uh, Bodie Alwyn, I actually still have sitting on my bench. He's my real dead yeah. rookie that I haven't been able to move yet. Um, Samson Ryan at minus 17. Just trying to see who else is kind of relevant. Uh, Matty Johnson's still at minus 13. Holland mm-hmm. Brockman's still at minus nine. Jacob Van Ruin's still at minus eight. Uh, who's still a low price here? Uh, that's probably most of them. And the other one is Dylan Williams, who ended up being coming on at the sub at a reasonable time. He's yeah, still got a break he- even at four but probably just missed the boat and it's just showing that he's not really in their best 22. So I probably wouldn't touch it if I were you. No, that's right. Who's high this week and who would we be looking to trade out if anything? Well, there's a really, I mean, this is the tough one and this is why people probably won't do the Grundy straight to Gorn. Gorn's break even is still 228. Um, So he's projected to still drop. 71.3. 71.3. So I guess the only thing I would say to Grundy owners right now is do you hold it one more week as much as I want to move him? But you kind of need, you know, Maxi Gorn at the end of this week could be, oh, their projected score is 71. So I don't think he's going to drop 71.3. He'll get more than 71 in my opinion. He still could be right on the cusp of 500,000 or 520. If he's 520, I'm trading out Marshall for Max Gorn, I reckon. Mm-hmm. I reckon that's too good. Oh, uh, yeah. Clayton Oliver's 171. Um, Bailey Dale's 170. If you haven't moved him, move him. Jack Steele's a 169. So he could also drop down to about 520K mm. at the end of this week. Yep. Mitch Duncan, mate, great call on telling people to hold and just wait out a little bit. People got very excited when he came back or even after his mm-hmm. first round performance. He's at a 162. LDU's at a 160. Um, Jordan Dawson's 153. No one's going to do anything there. Adam Sard's at a 143. So, yeah, a few that sort of there to look to move on, I reckon, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, any first gamers stick out for you? Uh 
None really off the top of my head. Was there any that you can see there? That Yeah, so Bryn Tickle had an 85, which I thought was quite impressive. Um, yeah. Aaron Francis only had a 38. The other one was Sam Simpson. So there's a lot of people asking about Sam Simpson. Did you see much of the Geelong game? I, I didn't did. watch it either. I did. He got, he got a bit of the ball, but because Geelong had a lot of the ball. He, he's not in their best 22, so don't touch him. And that's been the question. A lot of people have been just – and I, I thought, no, nah, he's not in their best 22 either. Other than that, uh, the only other one that I think is really worth talking about is Alex Chincotta uh, or Sincotta, whether he's yeah. going to hold himself. Now, a lot of people are talking about – I know a lot of people are thinking about using the boost this week. I'm going to continue to hold. I think there's there's two major buy rounds that I think I've got to do my best to keep two boosts for those two mm-hmm. buy rounds. 100%. And I actually think if you're smart to save the boost for those rounds, you, that'll be the difference between jumping 5%. Um, in your overall ranking because I know a lot of people who are using them other than the coaches that are already in the top 1% who started like, you know, the Stewies that we talked to yes like last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a really chance to move up in the ranks just by holding on to your boost. So I'd still say Sincotta for me comes in in two weeks' time when I do one of my first upgrades. So I'm going to do two downgrades this week and I will do a downgrade and an upgrade next week to grab in another primo which will also allow me to bring Libba back in as well which will be lovely um mate i think that's kind of it for the moment there's you know food for thought players in there one of them being will day who is looked uh he's got a break even at 15 still so if you're thinking about bringing in will day it has to be this week he'll mm-hmm. jump from 450k up into that 500 mark where i think that's mm-hmm. too much of a risk when he's at that 500 um other than that, Oscar Allen's still one that seems to be rising in price. Uh, there's not too much else there, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts from yourself, mate? Yeah, mate. I just want to uh, shout out to Reese's Pieces in our Molten Supercoach League. They scored a total of 2,410, which is good for 10th in Australia this week. Love that. So, Love that. Yeah. To Reese's – sorry, 11th. So to Reese's Pieces, Brinnan or Brynan, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, hit us up on our, uh, what is it? Our Twitter accounts. That's what it's called. I had a blank there. Here I am still talking about what writers and stuff. Hit us up on our Twitter, send us your details, and we'll send you out the standard squeeze pack for having the best score easily of the week. Do you know we have our top of our league, this is the way, Mason is now sitting eighth overall in the mm-hmm. league overall and then we have elvis bulldogs who's sitting at 104 so a big shout out to those two uh that's steve so a big shout out to the top two in our uh, top two in our league at the moment who pretty much both in the top 100 we'll say and and this is the mm-hmm. way mason who's sitting in uh eight spots pretty nice to see those players we might have to give them a shout out if they want to get on the pod let us know we're always love seeing good teams and, and the moves that they want to make so Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mm-hmm. am going to jump on Friday and do the live. I know you mm-hmm. are busy with work. Might give yep. a shout out to one of our boys to see if they can jump on and, and have a good chat with me. I might try and bring someone who's a little bit controversial or uh, I'll see what Damo's doing. I wonder if Damo will jump on. Damo, Damo yeah, comes up. That's in. a big call. He struggles I've to tie shoelaces together. Mate, I've got a big sledge for him as well because I would have got a perfect score in the tips if it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It wasn't for him talking me into picking his Carlton Blues to get up against the Saints. But uh, he does think outside the box. He has made some yes. good moves. Yeah. I think he's made 
shockers as well that he'll openly admit to. And he's one that I need to convince to not use his last boost because I think yeah, that's where I know. He's gone hard, hasn't he? I love it. He, he comes yeah. in with some good insights. So maybe I'll see what he's up to. But either way, everyone who's listening along, we will have a live show before uh, the first game on Friday. So make yeah. sure you get your questions ready. We will answer them. We'll do our best. But Big Horse, it's been an absolute pleasure. I will see you most likely then on Sunday after the games are finished and we'll get back on and record the pod. To everybody, I'm going to make sure I take a second before I say the wrong name. Thanks for listening. This has been the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Peace out. See ya.